Hey everybody, welcome back to Thoughts of an SDR. My name is Maxim Fisher, and it's been a while since I put out um, another podcast episode, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, you know, we've had a lot going on from the election to, uh, to the holidays, and then kind of that fourth quarter grind where we're all trying to gear up and get as much done as possible before the end of the year. Um, but I decided that this would be a good point for us to switch gears, and it'll allow me an opportunity to speak more towards things that I have an expertise in or working understanding of having worked in the industry for a while. Um, so for those of you who do know me, you know that I work in the e-commerce industry. If you don't know me, I work for a digital marketing agency based out of Charleston, South Carolina and Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and then prior to working on working with this e-commerce focused agency, I worked in consulting more of the creative advertising world uh, back in college at a student run consultancy down at the University of Miami. And then, you know, simultaneously, I have dabbled in dropship working in e-commerce with my own companies and have done a little bit of work on that front but it's definitely not my main focus however it did allow me to build a really good foundation to jump into the e-commerce um, realm you could say uh, and so there's a couple of things that I wanted to go through in this episode of the second season of Thoughts of an SDR that kind of pertain more towards e-commerce. I want to speak a little bit to, you know, what e-commerce is just for the basics. Like I want people to be able to listen to this podcast and have a working understanding of what this industry is, um, because people are really good at throwing around big terms and, and hitting you with all kinds of terminology, making themselves look really good, uh, but you have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, so I think that this is a good opportunity to kind of just learn at a surface level what e-commerce is, what SEO is, what paid media is, email retention marketing, um, even what dropshipping is, micro branding, all of the things that you know surround you in your world on a day-to-day -day basis, I feel like you should have a working knowledge of. <clears throat> so without further ado, let's jump in. Um, e-commerce is obviously selling online, any kind of retailer doing business online. And it really doesn't matter the size, just matters what their marketing budget is and how they're kind of positioning themselves to get themselves in front of you as the end consumer. And so the very first place that I want to start with is something that everybody can kind of resonate with, and that's social media. Um, if you were born in the late 90s uh, and on, you probably grew up, you know, with some kind of uh, Instagram or Facebook to latch on to. Twitter obviously has been around also, but Instagram is gonna be where I'll start because that's the majority of consumers right now are making their purchases off of Instagram. When it comes to social media and e-commerce, that's where the tie begins. So if you ever go on Instagram and you begin scrolling down your normal feed or you're clicking through your stories, you'll see paid media advertising. You'll see people who have spent money to sponsor a post or sponsor a story. Um, and oftentimes this will be Brit big label brands that you know of. And then it could also be somebody who is selling at a much, much smaller scale. Um, so you'll see those brands and you'll say, I know that's Target right there or that's Nike. And they're sending me these ads because I've been on the site before because I searched running shoes, basketball, basketball shoes. And so now they're coming up uh, you know, on my Instagram feed. But there's a whole nother realm of e-commerce that's taking place. And if you're not in it, you don't really understand where, you know, all of these targeted ads are coming from. 
So these smaller brands that you go to um, from an e-commerce standpoint can quite literally be made and spun up by anybody in any amount of time. With uh, a platform like Shopify and a wholesaler like AliExpress, those two can be linked. When you link those, you're able to sell products from China from anywhere in the world, ship them anywhere in the world, and only use Instagram marketing at your disposal if you have a limited budget. So that means that chances are, if you click onto a, a brand that you've never heard of before, you go there, say it has 50,000 followers on Instagram, it's not following too many people, they have what looks to be prefab posts up on you know, their page, and almost you know, no action going on within each one of those posts, right? So there's nobody liking on them, there's nobody commenting them. Um, that's a great indicator of somebody who is drop shipping at a very low level or micro branding at a very low level. Effectively, some individual has linked this Shopify page to a wholesaler. They put an ad on that got your attention and you went to their Instagram. You could tell that all of their followers were purchased because there was no interaction on any of their posts. Uh, and something was just a little bit off with the photos. They might have been a bit grainy. They might have just looked like they slapped a logo on top of um, on top of a prefab photo that they got from a wholesaler. You know, it's a perfectly legal business what they're doing as long as they're not lying to you about the product or where the product comes from. It's absolutely 100% legal. This is basically the concept of dropshipping. Dropshipping in short is being able to sell something without holding any inventory. So basically you're making the connection between your storefront and the wholesaler so that somebody can come onto your website and with the click of a button, purchase something off your website, you ensure that it is purchased and shipped from the wholesaler, but you never actually have to house the, pro the product in a warehouse or in your own home. Um, it just goes directly from warehouse to the end consumer. That's drop shipping. And if you're on Instagram, I'd say about 70% of the ads that you're gonna get are gonna be from people who are working actively in drop shipping or have graduated on from drop shipping up to uh, micro branding, which is once you've developed a relationship with a wholesaler or manufacturer, able to actually produce a brand in tandem with them. So you're still kind of doing the same thing. You're still drop shipping. You're not housing any inventory, but it actually is your own brand. You actually have, you know, in the stitching of the clothing, it'll have your logo or actually on the electronic, it will be a, an electronic that you designed. Um, so that's kind of what the difference is between micro branding and drop shipping. And it's everywhere. Now, some people are doing it at an incredibly high level and they have great brand engagement. People are speaking back and forth um, two-way engagement on Instagram and on social media. And that's excellent. I mean, they've built a thriving, successful business, but right now things are so saturated that these things pop up all the time. And you may even, um, if someone's trying to use influencer marketing, you may receive a lot of DMs uh, saying, hey, do you want to work with this brand? You will give you a coupon code, whatever the, you know, the case may be. A lot of times those are drop shippers or micro branders. Um, and, and there's a lot of ways where you can find this. One of the companies that you guys will probably see a lot of is MLO. So MLO is kind of like at a crossroads of micro branding and drop shipping. It was founded by entrepreneurs who, you know, young entrepreneurs out of college in college who made a lot of money. Uh, on their first ventures. Uh, also, they were very successful when it comes to how they branded themselves on social media. But in essence, they sell sneakers. Now, if you go on to AliExpress, the wholesaler, you'll find the exact same sneakers minus their logo. So they micro-branded these sneakers, 
but you'll find the exact same ones shipping directly from China uh, for like eighteen dollars. Um, you can, but then on you know the MLO site where they've simply changed the label on the sneakers. Uh, they're getting away with selling it from anywhere between fifty to a hundred plus dollars. It's incredibly smart, and they do really, really well. They have brand engagement.、Uh, they know how to work the system, and they've done a really cool job of doing it. And if you really want to see how this、uh, transforms, and and don't just take my word for it, go to their website, check out MLO Shoes, then go to AliExpress, type in white sneakers on AliExpress. And you'll see one of the first things that pops up is is their white sneaker. So it's really from a wholesaler in China、uh, that's been selling them on their website for a long, long time. If you go to MLO, you know you'll see the same exact sneakers, just up upcharge for them,、um, and you know they operate as a regular business. You know they're completely legal. You can purchase you know Black Friday deals, Cyber Monday deals. Um, you, they they operate as a completely legit company, and that's because they are.、Uh, but they're using marketing、uh, and micro branding very very effectively,、uh, and they're capturing people. So it's something to be aware of when you're on Instagram.、Um, that e-commerce is really always all around you, no matter what the level is. Whether it's the Nikes of the world, which are multi-billion-dollar conglomerates,、uh, down to micro branders, down to below them, just. Drop shippers below them, entry level drop shippers who are aren't really doing it effectively. So that's the first thing that I wanted to kind of go over is what drop shipping is, what micro branding is, what the difference is between the two of them, and how it's all around you all the time. The next thing that I want to get into is a little bit of digital marketing 101.、Um, in case you're wondering how does the internet know everything that the internet knows, and how come brands that you were talking about, thinking about, searching,、uh, showed up on your computer. So the first thing that we'll talk about is SEO, and we'll just do a brief overview,、um, super super high level. That is the organic long play. So if you think of SEO, basically you're making your site readable and credible to Google. So the point where it returns as high as possible on search engine returns. So when you Google something, you want your your company obviously to be on the very first page that it returns. When you type in Nike, the first thing that's going to pop up are ones that have ads next to them. It'll say AD next to the actual return, and that that's paid media. You know that they're paying for that spot, and then below that, about four or five. Um, names below that, you'll see Nike without the ad, and then you'll see everything following underneath it. That's because the conglomerate, as big and as old as Nike is, has established、uh, thought leadership in the industry. They're incredibly credible to Google,、uh, and their site is optimized to be read by Google as efficiently as possible. So they'll actually rank for all these different keywords, and Google will be able to say, "Yep, that's Nike. They're a credible source. They're a highly visited source. Let's rank them really high." And so they're ranked really high, and they'll be on that first page. So the goal of working on SEO is, you know, using backlinks to credible sources, making sure all of your descriptions are, you know, unique to your company, and that they are following e-commerce best practices. Your meta tags are there. Everything is optimized 100% as as best as possible to be read by Google to rank for certain keywords.、Uh, and obviously, whenever SEO is brought up, people say, "Oh, well, they'll just change the algorithms on you." 
you know, our algorithms will change, but the base of, of what SEO is, is sustainable. And it's the long-term play. It takes a while to develop good SEO because, you know, you're reaching out to publications that are credible. You're, you're acquiring those backlinks. You're building it up. It takes a while. It's not a simple fix like paid media, which is as soon as you start pumping money into paid media, you're going to see the results. The issue is it's so expensive to continuously pump money into it. You may not have enough money to continue at such a rapid pace. And if, if your profits aren't covering that, you know, you have an issue there. So SEO is the sustainable long-term play. So once you stop investing in your SEO after X amount of months, your SEO is not just going to fall off a cliff. It will continue to produce, you know, you'll still be a thought leader. Uh, you know, if, if Nike stopped right now, everything it, it's doing to maintain its SEO and be optimized, it would still show up at the top of, of search engine returns. Um, you know, that's a massive company. You can think of smaller ones and the ones that have you know rank for much less keywords um, but they'll still rank really high um, another thing to know as a side note all news outlets will rate really high for credibility scores um, so that's something that you can kind of just keep in mind when you think about where the highest ranking uh, companies you know you have your conglomerates that are obviously thought leaders within their industries but then obviously you're going to have the you know news incredible sites like that those are going to be the top ranking ones uh, by far so that's kind of a brief overview of SEO. It's the long play. It's a sustainable play. Uh, you invest on the front end for long-term success in the future. And it's relatively, you know, sturdy. You know, it's not going to go away. Even if the algorithms change, as, if you're continuously, you know, optimizing it on your end, it's going to be sustainable for the long-term future. So the next one is paid media. And I just touched on the fact that if you pump money into paid media, uh, if you're doing it right, if you're targeting your ads correctly, if you're testing uh, the, the different target audiences and demographics that you predetermine, you can see vast success with this. Um, trial and error can be done, you know, professionally, or you can do it for your own company. Obviously, you'll see better results in the majority of circumstances if you're working with a professional agency. If you're doing it on your own or in-house, you can get good at it. You know, there's no college that just teaches AdWords, you know, or just graduating from college. None of my classes had anything to do with with paid media advertisements. That wasn't ancient. So you can learn it on your own um, for sure for your company. And so, you know, whether it's paid media search, so that's on like Google, Bing, things like that, your Google ads, which will pop up on the side of Google as well as at the very top um, or, you know, social media when it comes to, you know, running Instagram ads, which we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, running Facebook ads at the very beginning of this. You can make an account. Anyone can make an account on Facebook ads. Uh, and go ahead and start running ads immediately. It costs as much as you want it to cost. So make sure that if you're gonna do this, you have a budget set aside for the actual ad spend uh, and that you stick to your guns. Be smart about it, test things. You're not gonna see instant results if you don't test the, you know, the demographics that you're targeting. If it's yielding a positive result, continue to test. Make sure that you know, you're completely optimizing the money that you're putting into it because you're quite literally watching that money be invested and then you can quite literally count how much has you know how much your roi is from that money so it's really easy to track paid media across every single one uh what people don't realize is that youtube is massive for paid media uh youtube i believe is the second most visited uh not necessarily browser i guess you could call it a browser below google and google acquired youtube uh, so, you know, Google has the top two visited websites, you know, in the entire world. Uh, so YouTube is an excellent spot for you to place your ads. 
Facebook, obviously an excellent spot, Instagram, even more so, um, you know, you can really do some damage by targeting your ads and testing and retesting and investing your money there. So that's kind of a little overview of paid media. The next one that I want to kind of discuss is email retention efforts and email retention efforts are so important. There's tons and tons of companies out there that do it. And there's tons and tons of plugins and apps that you can run on your Shopify store on whatever your platform is. A lot of people like Privy, a um, couple of other ones that are cart monitors, you know, always be establish a good email uh, marketing effort because tons and tons of revenue can come from it. Up to 20% of your entire e-commerce revenue can come from email retention efforts. If it's any more than that, then you probably want to see what's happening in your other channels and, and kind of figure out why email is, is doing so much better than them. Um, but it's definitely really important to invest in because, you know, those little reminders work. I mean, people uh, reminding people that there's things in their cart absolutely works. Why do brands invest so much money into doing it? Um, offering specials right now is the holiday season. Black Friday and Cyber Monday just passed. Cyber Monday was yesterday. Um, and I, I, you know, I've been on sites looking for holiday gifts and, you know, I still get the, the emails. Oh, you've left something in your cart. Oh, we saw that you were looking at this. We saw your page was sitting on this page, you know, like you were sitting on this specific product page, uh, for a while. So we're going to go ahead and ping you with this email to kind of keep you, uh, invested in the brand. So it's a great way to initiate two-way brand communications. Um, it's a great way to build a loyal, a loyal base, you know, a following, uh, it can help drive other initiatives, whether it's through a newsletter where you're actually producing good content um, or whether it's sending people to your social media. If that's a focus for you, you're trying to grow your social media, email is an excellent way to send people there. Uh, events that you're having in person, it doesn't all have to be centered around the buying experience, um, uh, but you know it's an incredibly effective way for you to stay in touch with your consumers and prospective consumers who visit your site and weren't intending on purchasing, but they decided to play that little game that you had pop up on your screen, spin the wheel, get 10% off. How do you access that 10% off? Well, you have to give them your email. They're acquiring your email for marketing initiatives. Um, and that's how they target you with the products that you're looking for uh, at a better price. So that's kind of a high level overview of what email retention marketing is. And it's a super, super important factor. Uh, and so I know that this episode was a little bit longer and I kind of got into uh, a multitude of things here, but just to kind of recap the things that we spoke about at the front end of this, we kind of talked a little bit about what dropshipping is, what micro branding is um, at a really, really high level, uh, gave you some examples of those. Go check out MLO shoes and then go check out AliExpress and see what they've got going on there. Um, and then, uh, we also discussed a little bit about different digital marketing tactics when it comes to e-commerce. Uh, we talked about running paid media ads. We talked about SEO, the organic play, the long play. And, or, and so, you know, paid media is more of that short-term fix or that short-term play. And then we talked about email retention marketing, which is also sustainable and can account for a massive chunk of your revenue if it's done well, uh, and if your emails come across with value and they don't come across as scammy or end up in, you know, junk mails, uh, or spam email inboxes. But thank you so much for tuning in today. I know it's been a while. We'll get back on it. This is season two of Thoughts of an SDR, and we'll kind of start diving into more industry-specific things where I can kind of give you a little bit more of some insight into an industry that is incredibly, incredibly interesting and is just continuing to grow if that even sounds possible. Uh, people are coming out with new things all the time and is just incredibly targeted. So kind of helping you navigate all these ads and where they're coming from uh, and who's behind them. So thank you so much. Hope you guys take care and have a wonderful holiday season.
Thank you.